I am excited for the word today. Um, and I'm asking you that you would open your hearts today and that you would give uh, full attention to the word of God, because I believe that it has the potential to be transformative in your life. It's very easy for us to get discouraged. It's very easy for us to look around and and be on our phones and up and down. But I encourage you that whatever you put into the service is whatever you'll get out of it. And so I'm asking, let's open our spiritual ears and let's hear what the spirit wants to say to us today. Today, because I believe the spirit does want to speak to you today. And I believe that when we leave today, we can say to ourselves and one another that it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, would you turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter number four as we read this, this morning's scripture? Genesis chapter number four. Genesis chapter number four, beginning with verse number one. Hear the words of Moses. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was the keeper of the sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, you will be accepted. If you do not do well, sin lies at your door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass that while they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vag vagabond, ye shall be upon the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out from this day from the face of the ground, and I shall be hidden from your face, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond upon the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to Cain, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken up on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Today, just for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought, investigative reports. Look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor he's going to do some investigating today. Amen. Look to your neighbor, say investigative reports. All together on the count of three, would you say with me? One, two, three, investigative reports. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to open your word. I pray, Father, that you would open our ears and our hearts, that we would hear from you, that your word would go forth to good soil, and that everything that is said and everything that's done would bring you the glory today. According to your authority, we bind, rebuke, and bring to no effect every demonic force of the enemy. And we thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And all of God's people said a great big amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. One of the things that I like to do on my spare time is watch a little bit of TV. Now, I don't get to do that often because 
uh, I stay very, very busy, so watching a TV show is really a treat for me. When I go home, I'm really just so tired, I'm ready to go to sleep. But truthfully, there are, you know, when I do get to watch TV, there are certain things that I like to watch. Now, truthfully, there are some things that I don't watch because I don't think it's very edifying to my spirit or to my heart. But there are some interesting shows that I do enjoy watching. And one of those shows that I enjoy watching is called Investigative Reports or maybe Cold Case Files. How many has ever heard of them before? Raise your hand. I like to watch them. Those shows, if you know anything about those shows, they deal with the corruption behind certain crimes. Now, I have always found that those shows are quite interesting because if you watch those shows, it really does reveal the motive behind people's actions. And it really does reveal how corrupt the human heart can really be without God. Now, those shows always keep me at the edge of my seat. They really do. I'm always trying to figure out why that happened and why so-and-so did that and why so-and-so did it that way. I'm very intrigued by the motives of people's hearts. You know what I'm talking about. A story kind of like Felicia is sick. She gets married to a handsome lawyer. Nobody could figure out why Felicia is so sick. She's married to a wonderful man, wonderful job, healthy, goes to the gym, and all of a sudden Felicia gets sick. And here to come to find out in these investigated reports, her handsome husband puts antifreeze in her Fruit Loops. And you're wondering, what the heck? Bye, Felicia. You know what I'm talking about. You're kind of like, what in the, how did that happen? How did he get antifreeze in her Fruit Loops? And you sat there scratching your head thinking, how in the world did that happen? It was such a perfect marriage. Now, I don't enjoy watching corruption, but I do enjoy and I'm intrigued by people's creativity in trying to cover up their sin. I find that's quite intriguing. Now, today, church, starting today, for the next two weeks, I'm going to act like an investigator, and I'm going to investigate the lives of people, and I'm going to investigate their motives, and I'm going to try to figure out why they did what they did. So starting today, for the next two Sundays, I'm starting a sermon series called Investigative Reports. And today I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with uh, Cain and Abel. And I'm going to look at the lives of Cain and Abel, and especially I'm going to look at Cain, and I'm going to explore why in the world Cain did what he did to his brother. So I want you to put your seatbelts on as we go on a journey to explore the lives of men and women the next couple weeks as we investigate their hearts, as we investigate their lives to try to figure out why they did what they did. You know what? The story of Cain and Abel is a simple story. It's found in 15 verses in the book of Genesis chapter 4. It's not a complex story. It's not a story like you heard of on the investigative reports ABC. It's, it's not really creative. It's really simple. It's kind of like this. Cain gets angry with his brother and he, uh, he slays his brother. He kills his brother. He gets angry he kills his brother, and the Bible says, as a result, Cain becomes cursed. That's really the story. I mean, the story is simple. He just got angry one day and killed his brother, and as a result of that, God cursed him. And although this story this morning is very simple, and there's really not a lot of creativity to this story, there's really not a lot of juicy details to the story, but I believe that if you would open your heart, not only today, but for the next few Sundays, and you will open your heart, what I want to do is I want to look at the clues that tell us what was happening in their life that led to their destruction. What was the clues in their life 
that led to their destruction. And in real life, you know, in real life, authorities will always do uh, in-depth investigation to try to find out the clues of why something happened, why the crime happened, where it happened, who committed the crime. And that's what I want to do for the next few Sundays. I want to be the investigator and I want to pull out the clues. And so this morning with the story of Cain and Abel, I'm going to give you some quick clues to tell us what really happened in the story of Cain and Abel. And I want you to open up your heart and I want you to listen to it. Genesis chapter four, verses one through 15 tells us the story how Cain slew his brother Abel. And the Bible says his blood began to speak from the ground. Clue number one in the story, clue number one, there is a God to worship. There is a God to worship. Would you say that with me as loud as you can say it? There is a God to worship. I want you to notice what the Bible says in Genesis chapter four and verse number three. Listen to the words of Moses in this passage. And it came to pass in the, in, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel brought of the firstborn of the flock of the, of the fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain or his offering. And Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. I want you to notice something in this passage. Look at it one more time. Genesis chapter four. Look at the first sentence in verse number four. In the process of time. Do you see that? In the process of time, it came to pass. Look at the word in the process of time. In the process of time, translated in the Greek means at the end of days. At the end of days. So you could read it like this. At the end of days, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. In the process of time, which is translated in Hebrew at the end of days. Most scholars believe that it refers to the beginning of the Sabbath, that on the Sabbath day at the end of the week, the beginning of the Sabbath, these boys begin to bring an offering to the Lord. At the end of days, in the process of time, they begin to bring an offering to the Lord. Do you notice that both of these brothers brought something to the Lord? The Bible says that Cain brought the fruit of the ground to the Lord. In other words, he was probably a farmer. He was, he was the tiller of the ground. But Abel also, the Bible says, brought the firstborn of the flock. He was probably a herdsman. So here you have two boys bringing offerings to the Lord. And I find that this is very intriguing because this is in the beginning of creation. This is at the beginning of time. This is before the Levitical priesthood. This is before the law of Moses. This is before sacrificial system was instituted under the law of Moses. This is at the beginning of time. And at the beginning of time, you find two boys coming to worship God by bringing an offering to the Lord. They were bringing it to the Lord at the end of days. They were bringing it to the Lord on the Sabbath day. In other words, the Sabbath was already instituted as a day of worship. And these boys understood that. These boys understood two things. They understood the day of worship and they also understood the way of worship. Let me say that again. These boys at the beginning of creation understood the day of worship and they also understood the way of worship. Isn't that interesting? At the beginning of time, they understood these two principles. And why did they understand these principles? Because I believe that they had parents, Adam and Eve, that taught them how to worship. Adam and Eve taught them the way of worship. And Adam and Eve taught them that on the Sabbath day, you are to worship God by bringing him an offering. So these boys, although they have experienced what sin can do to you because their parents sin, although they experience what sin could do, they also experience how to worship God even in a sinful condition. They understood a day of worship and they understood a way of worship. I believe that is a good principle for us to 
to understand today that in spite of how we feel, there is a God to worship. The Bible says that uh, the Adam or the Bible says that uh, Abel brought something to the Lord and Cain brought something to the Lord. The Bible says in the process of time, it came to pass that they brought an offering to the Lord. In other words, they understood that God deserved to be worshiped. They understood that God was worthy of their praise. They understood that their parents taught them a way of worship. The parents taught them a day of worship and they continued that legacy by bringing something to the Lord on the Sabbath day. Let me say this and let me say it loud and clear. We need parents in this generation to teach their children a day of worship and a way of worship. I'm going to say that again. We need parents again to teach their children that there is a day of worship and that there is a way of worship. The day of worship, which is Sunday, is not for the soccer field. It's not for the baseball field and it's not for the football field. There is a day of worship. And if you call yourself a Christian parent, you should bring them to the house of God every Sunday morning and teach them that this is the day of worship and there is a way of worship. Is there anybody up in this Pentecostal church that can wave your hand and say, preach on preacher. Our children, our children are worshiping at the shrine of the iPad. They're worshiping at the shrine of the iPad and the iPhone and the iPod and the iTunes and the iMovies. Our children are worshiping at the shrine of entertainment and pleasure and money and sex. We need to teach our children that there is a God that deserves to be worshiped. People are coming to church. Have you ever noticed that people are coming to church as if God owes them something? They come to church and sit there as if God owes them something, refuses to worship. If they don't like the service, they refuse to worship. The Satan himself has already corrupted your heart because worship is not about you. Worship is about God. There is a God that deserves to be worshiped. And we refuse to worship at the shrine of your opinions. That is the way of Cain is to dictate the way things should be worshipped. There is a day of worship, and there is a way of worship. The problem is, is in the American church, we come to church and act like God owes us something, and then the American church is almost turned into a glorified country club where we have baptized pagans sitting under a church steeple coming to church with their arms folded with their nose stuck up in the air as if God owes them something. Let me just break it down to you. God doesn't owe you anything. I said God doesn't owe you anything. You're the one that owes God everything. God doesn't owe you anything. And there is a God that deserves to be worshipped. Is there anybody in the building that can testify to you know this God this morning? There is a God that deserves to be worshipped. The prophets called him the everlasting God. The prophets called him the architect of the universe. He is the manager of all things. He is the Lord of creation. He is the one that sits on the circle of the earth. He is the mighty God. He is the prince of peace. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the defender in the battle. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the heavenly father. He is the one that sits high and looks low. He is the one that angels adore. The earth is the Lord's and all of its full Everything belongs to him. You belong to him. You live and exist because God made you for his purpose. You are breathing God's air. You are walking on God's green, green grass. And everything that you have belongs to God. There is a God that deserves to be worshipped. There is a way of worship and there is a day of worship in the process of time. Abel and Cain brought their offerings to the Lord because they understood that there is a God to be worshiped. 
Is there anybody this morning that can wave your head and say, Pastor, I don't got to wait to be over there to worship him. I can worship him right now. I can join in with the angels and the saints and the martyrs of the ages. I can join in with their unhending hymn and I can cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of power and might. There is a God to be worshipped. Clue number two, not all worship is accepted. Not all worship is accepted. Look at what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 4. And I quote from the words of Moses, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. For Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lays at your door. Its desire is for you, but you shall rule over it. Do you see the scripture tells us simply that Cain was disobedient? The Bible says that God said to Cain, if you do well, you will be accepted. In other words, Cain was disobedient. There was something that Cain did not do. There was something that Cain left out in the worship. There was something that Cain did that was disobedient to the Lord. Because the Lord said, if you do well, Cain, you will be accepted. In other words, Cain, if you are obedient, you will be accepted. Your offering will be accepted by me. But I want you to see something deeper than this. Not only was Cain disobedient, but I want you to understand that there was something going on in Cain's heart. Cain wasn't interested in finding out what was wrong with his offering. Do you know why? Because nowhere in this passage do you find Cain repenting of his sin. You see, Cain became angry, and the Bible says his countenance was fallen. When God rejected Cain's offering, Cain became angry, and his countenance was falling. And the Lord said, Cain, why are you angry? If you do well, I will accept it. Nowhere in that passage do you find Cain repenting of his, his disobedient act of worship. Nowhere do you find Cain saying, Lord, forgive me. What must I do that my worship could be acceptable to you? Is there something that I could do that my worship would be pleasing to you? No. Cain never repented. Cain wasn't remorseful. Cain wasn't bothered by what God said. He was angry. He was frustrated. His countenance was falling. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, listen to Pastor Josh. Cain had a heart issue. He had a heart issue. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in verse number nine, look at Cain's heart issue. Verse number nine, after after Cain killed his brother, after he slew his brother in the field, the Bible says in verse number nine, and the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, he's very sarcastic. He's very sarcastic with the Lord. The Lord said, where is your brother? And Abel said, or Cain said, I don't know where my brother's at. Am I my brother's keeper? Is it my responsibility to follow after my little brother? You see how sarcastic he is? He has a heart issue. He has a heart issue. Let me tell you something. Your words will reveal where your heart is at. I said your words will reveal where your heart is at. If your heart is far from the Lord, your words will reveal it. He was sarcastic. He, 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 he did not care where his brother was at. He, didn't, he, he wasn't concerned about his brother. Even after he killed him, there wasn't any remorse because Cain had a hard issue. Now let me ask you a question. Why didn't the Lord accept his offering? Why didn't the Lord accept his offering? Some people think, well, it's because it wasn't a bloodless sacrifice. 
Some think that, you know, Cain's offering wasn't accepted because he didn't bring the best or he didn't bring the first. And certainly there could be some truth to that. But I want to read three scriptures to you in the New Testament where it talks about Cain. And then I want to pull it together and tell you why his offering was rejected. Everywhere in the New Testament that Cain is mentioned, Cain is mentioned in a negative light. These are the words of the scriptures. Listen to the words of the apostle. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 10, and I quote, listen to these, his words. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifested. Whoever does, practice, whoever does not practice the righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that you should love one another, not as Cain, who was the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. The Bible says in Jude verse number 11, listen to the words of Jude and I quote, woe to them for they have followed the way of, for they have gone the way of Cain. They have ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number four, the writer of Hebrews said this, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, though which he obtained a witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, though he being dead still speaks. So those scriptures that I just read to you, we can kind of piece things together. There are some things that the scripture did tell us about Cain. Number one, the Bible told us that he did not love his brother. He did not love his biological brother. He didn't love him. The Bible says number two, that he was called the wicked one. Number three, the Bible says he is a murderer. The Bible says his works were evil. And the Bible says he did not offer up his offering in faith. These four or five things are the only things that we know in Scripture that tells us about Cain. These are the things, and we have to piece it together, why God would reject his offering. Clue number two, not all worship is accepted by God. Not all worship is accepted by God. Isn't amazing? There are two 2.3 billion Christians in the world. Christians are meeting around the world as I speak right now. There are Christians in buildings like this, Christians meeting underground, Christians in storefronts, all throughout the seven continents of the world. People are meeting, praying, and worshiping. But I promise you, God doesn't accept all of their worship. Not all worship is accepted. And we can learn something by Cain this morning because his offering was rejected. Now, I want you to look at Jude verse 11 again and I want to pinpoint something that I believe is noteworthy to say. The Bible says in Jude verse 1 and 11, it says, woe to them for they have gone in the way of Cain. I want you to on the count of three say this with me, the way of Cain. One, two, three. The way of Cain. Jude verse 1 and Jude chapter 1 verse 11. Woe to them for they have gone the way of Cain. Now I want you to look at the word way. The word way in Greek actually means a road. A road. Everybody say this with me on the count of three. Road. One, two, three. So in other words, it is saying this. It is saying woe to them for they have gone in the road of Cain. They have gone in the road of Cain. In other words, what the writer of Jude is trying to tell us is that the way of Cain or the road of Cain is a certain direction of your life. The road of Cain and the way of Cain is a certain direction. It is a way of life. It is a belief system. It is a heart issue. Let me say that again. The way of Cain, the road in which Cain was walking, the road in which Cain was walking was a direction. It was a certain direction. It was a way of life. It was a belief system. It was a heart issue. So what is the way of Cain? The way of Cain is a direction that your life is headed. It's a belief system. It's a way of life. In other words, the way of Cain is the way of disobedience. Cain was disobedient. 
What was he disobedient about? I don't know. But the Lord says, if you do well, you will be accepted. Cain, you were disobedient. But if you do well, I'll accept it. The way of Cain is disobedience. The way of Cain is pride. The way of Cain is selfishness. The way of Cain is doing religious things with the wrong heart. Cain was offering up offerings to the Lord, but his heart was far from the Lord. The way of Cain. The way of Cain is to do religious activity, but as you stand in the house of God, your heart is far from the Lord. That's the way of Cain. The way of Cain is to worship the way you want to worship. I don't care if God requires the first, I'll give him the leftover. My brother gave the first, but I'll give what I want to give. That's the way of Cain. The way of Cain refuses to repent because nowhere did Cain repent of his sin to the Lord. And the Lord gave him ample opportunity to repent. The way of Cain is trying to please God on your own terms. The way of Cain is doing things because it's required of you and not because your heart is in it. The way of Cain is doing the right things with the wrong motive. I'll say that again. The way of Cain is a direction of your life where you are doing the right things with the wrong motives. I'm saying it again. The way of Cain is a direction of your life. It's a belief system. It's a road in which you are traveling. It's a way of looking at things where you are doing religious things, but you're not in the heart. You're not putting your heart into it. You're doing it with the wrong motives. The way of Cain is trying to please God in the flesh and not by faith because Cain offered up his offerings and he didn't offer it in faith. His heart wasn't in it. His heart wasn't in it. He was coming on the Sabbath day with his brother. He was coming on the day of worship with his brother. He was coming before God with his offerings. As Abel had his heart in his offering, Cain brought his offering and his heart was far from the Lord because he didn't give it in faith. And the writer of the book of Hebrews says that anything that's not of faith is of sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 8, the writer of the book of Romans said this and I quote, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. He couldn't please God because he didn't offer it in faith. Listen to what the Bible says about your heart. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse number 31, listen to the words of the prophet and I quote, so they came to you as a people do and they said before you as my people and they hear your words but they do not do them for their mouth they show much love but their hearts they pursue their own gain. I don't know about you but that's a powerful scripture right there that shows the state of where we're at in the world today. We have people trying to love God with their mouth and by their vocabulary you would think they were the next Benny Hinn. They're always hearing from God. They're always having revelations. They're always caught up in the third heaven but you never see them at church. They're not tithing. They're not witnessing. They're not giving. Come on somebody. They're not giving. They're not going out of the way for the Lord. They all it's 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 become a self-centered commercialized cafeteria Christianity where it's all about me and what I want to do and what I want to hear and what I've heard. It's not about contributing to the body of Christ. When God saved you, God did not put a shopping cart in your hands. He put a shovel in your hands and he called you to work. He didn't call you to come to church with a shopping cart and see what you can get from the church service. He put a shovel in your hand and he says, brother, work for the kingdom of God is at hand. They show with much love, but their hearts is for their own gain. Jesus said, echoed those words. Matthew 15, verse 7, he said, the prophet Isaiah said the same thing. You hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. In vain you worship me, teaching the doctrines as the commandments of man. Even Solomon echoed the words in Proverbs 4 and verse 23. He said, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. One translation says, guard your heart, for everything you have flows from it. You see, let me say this. What was the way of Cain? 
The way of Cain was a heart issue. The way of Cain was doing religious activities and his heart wasn't in it. That's the way of Cain, the way of disobedience. Clue number three. Worship isn't a competition. Worship isn't a competition. I want you to notice what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 4, verse 5. Listen to the words of the Bible, and let's not read over too quickly, but I want you to get it, all right? So just pay very closely to the Bible. Sometimes we can read the Bible and not really read the Bible. And sometimes we can read the Bible, and the Bible hasn't yet read you. So you have to be very careful when reading the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit, what does he want you to see? So very, very slowly listen to what the Scripture is saying. Verse number 5. But he did not respect Cain or his offering. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Verse number eight of the same chapter said this. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass that while they were in the field, Cain rose up and killed his brother Abel. One translation says slew him. The word slew there means to beat or destroy him. That means it was a bloody mess. He didn't just take a rock and just hit him in the head and knock him out. He, he butchered his brother. That is the context of what's happening here. This was a bloody mess. It was so much blood. The blood was crying from the ground. There was so much hatred in Cain that he just didn't strike his brother once. He butchered his brother till there was a pool of blood on the ground. Cain talked with his now isn't it interesting to me worship isn't a competition but isn't that the problem with Cain he turned his rejection from God into a competitive battle with his brother get that Cain and Abel was bringing an offering to the Lord why in the world would Cain get upset with his brother He's not bringing an offering to his brother. He's bringing it to the Lord. But you see what Cain did. He turned his rejection from God into a personal competitive battle with his brother. In other words, his sacrifice that Cain was offering to the Lord, his sacrifice was between him and God, not a competitive battle to outdo his brother. And that's exactly what Cain made it. Cain made it competitive. That's why he slew his brother. He was jealous of his brother. God accepted his offering. God didn't accept my offering. So I'm going to kill you, my brother. Why did he do that? Why was it competitive? Why did not Cain go to the Lord and say, Lord, what must I do for my offering to be acceptable to you? Lord, forgive me if I were disobedient. Is there something you want me to do? Because I want to please you in my offering. Because worship is not a competitive battle with your brothers or your sisters. Worship is not you trying to outdo somebody in worship. Worship is not you trying to outdo somebody in your praise and outdo somebody in your dance and to bring attention to you. Worship is between you and God because there is a God that deserves to be worshipped. Let me say this and let me say it loud and clear. The first murder happened in worship. What are you saying, Pastor Josh? And there's murders that happen every Sunday in the church seats over worship, over the sermon, over, you just make, make, make the list, whatever it is. Murder happens in our heart. Churches split over whether they should worship traditional or contemporary. Churches split whether they should have the lights or should have the fog. Worship splits over all of this stuff that doesn't matter because worship isn't about competing with the church up the street. Worship is about God and God alone. Is there anybody in this building that can stand to your feet and say, I want to worship God. I'm not in it to compete with anybody else. I don't want to compete with anybody else. Hallelujah. 
Don't want to compete with anybody else. The first murder happened over worship. And let me say this, church. Let me say this. Listen, I'm not preaching this because something's wrong. Nobody's wrong. Ain't no trouble in the church. I love you. We're all good. I'm just preaching this. I got this at 3 o'clock this morning as I was reading the scriptures. Again, I was reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it. And all of a sudden, there you go, the Holy Spirit. Praying over it. Eating it like a cow. Choose the cud. Brings it back up, chooses more and swallows it. That's what you're supposed to do with the word. Read it, digest it, think about it and bring it back up and think about it some more. Let it, the word of God, bring life to you. The murder happened over worship. And no matter, we got to keep the right perspective. Worship is for God and God alone. Do we have preferences? Yes, I do. You do. We all have preferences. Is there anything wrong with preferences? Absolutely not. But always keep your focus that it all should be directed towards God. Isn't it interesting that horizontal sins follow vertical sins? Isn't that interesting? Sins against human beings follow sins against God. He sinned against God and he sinned against his brother because that's exactly what happens. You can tell if there's fighting among people and discourse and envy and strife and jealousy and people are pouring apart. Do you know what that's an indication? It's an indication that the horizontal relationship is off. The horizontal relationship is off because when you look at the cross, it is vertical and horizontal, which means when you are right with God, you want to be right with your brother and your sister. Jesus said, that when you come and bring your offering to the Lord, you better make sure you make it right with your brother and leave your gift at the altar. Go make it right with your brother and then come and offer your gift on the altar. How could I say that some of our worship is not accepted by God because we haven't yet forgiven people in our life? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 22, but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be danger of the judgment. He was angry and there was no cause for it. And whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. And whoever says fool will be in danger of hellfire. That's the words of Jesus. Clue number four, quickly, hearing from God is not a substitute for obeying God. Look at what the scripture says. Hearing from God is not a substitute for obeying God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 4 verse 6, I'm going to close, I'm almost done, stay with me. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, you'll be accepted. If you do not do well, sin lays at your door and the desire is for you. And Cain talked with his brother and it came to pass that we're in the field. He slew his brother. So what's the point? Verse number 6 and the Lord said to Cain, he heard from God. Verse number eight, he killed his brother. The point is, hearing from God is not a substitute for obeying God. He heard from God, but he never obeyed God. I don't care how much you hear from God. I want to know, are you obeying God? Are you obeying God? And so he heard from God, and now he slew his brother. Clue number five, God takes notice on how well you respond to things. God takes notice on how well you respond. Isn't that what the Bible says? Verse 6, God said, God said, chapter, chapter 4, verse 6, God said, why are you angry? God is asking the question. In other words, God is saying this, Cain, I am taking notice of how you respond. I am aware of how you respond. 
Do you see the progression of response here? Verse number five, he's angry. Verse number eight, he commits murder. Verse number nine, he lies to the Lord. I don't know where my brother's at. Verse number 11, he's cursed. Angry, murder, lying, cursed. Do you see the progression? Do you know why there's a progression of response here? The progression of response shows the progression of his heart. All sins start small and they end big. It's just a little anger, but it ends in murder. All sin starts small, but it ends big. He was just a little bit angry. That's all it was. But it ended in murder. You see, sin starts internally and it, it demonstrates externally. I'm angry inside and yet I will kill you externally. Do you see the progression here? And the Lord said to Cain, verse number seven, Cain, you better be careful. Cain, you better get your heart in check. Cain, you better be careful what you're thinking about. Cain, you better be careful thinking about about your brother. Uh, you, there's something in your heart against your brother, Cain. You better be careful. He, the Lord said, sin is laying at your door. Its desire is for you, but you shall rule over it. Do you know what the Lord is saying? The Lord is using sin as a predator. The Lord is saying sin is like a predator. Sin is like a lion crouching at your door. Sin is like a beast crouching at your door. And just the moment that you open the door, that beast is going to ambush you. That beast is going to jump on you. Cain, you better get a hold of your heart. Cain, you better get a hold of your life because sin is crouching like a predator at your door and the very moment you open the door, it's going to ambush you at any time and that's exactly what happened to Cain's life. Sin was a predator and it ambushed him. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what sin will do to you. It will ambush you. It will destroy you. Sin is laying at your door and its desire is for you. And the Lord says, but you've got a master over it. John Calvin, the great, the great uh, theologian of the church says, if you don't continue to kill sin, sin will kill you. You've got to kill it every day. You've got you to kill it every day. You've got a master over it. Clue number six, sin destroyed relationships and it destroyed purpose. Because when he sinned, it destroyed his relationships. The Bible says in verse number 11, And so Cain, you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood. And on the ground, you it shall no longer yield strength to you. And you will be a vagabond and a fugitive all the days of your life. You know what the Lord is saying? The Lord is saying the very ground that you used to till is not going to be fruitful to you anymore. In other words... Cain, you have lost your purpose. The very thing that used to be successful for you is not going to be successful any longer. The ground is cursed. The ground is cursed. What did the Lord say a few chapters before? Who was cursed? The Bible says the Lord said to the serpent, you are cursed on the ground. It's similar what the Lord is saying to Cain. You're like a serpent, Cain. You're cursed from the ground. Your brother's blood is crying from the ground and you're going to wander throughout the earth. In other words, you're not going to have any committed relationships. You're going to be wandering from here to here. And my friends, isn't that what people do in the world? People who are in sin is like that. They have no purpose, some of them. They're wandering from here to there. They think if they can get this tucked up and snucked up and tucked in and do this and get this husband and get this wife and move here and move there, wandering from place to place trying to find happiness. But let me tell you, nothing will satisfy the God hole in your life unless you have an encounter with the God divine. Now, can I say something else? I'm just here to teach a Bible class. I'm going home. The Bible says, verse 10, he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out from the ground. Now stop. His soul, Hebrew soul, cries from the ground. It's interesting. Hebrews 12 verse 24 states this. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the blood of the sprinkling that speaks of better things than that of Abel. Do you see what the writer of Hebrews is trying to convey to us? 
The writer of Hebrews is saying this, Abel's blood is speaking from the ground. But there is another person that his blood is still speaking. And it's not speaking on the ground for people to trample over it. His blood is speaking from the cross. In other words, Abel's blood is crying out for justice. Can you hear it? Can you hear it on the streets of Portland? Can you hear it on the streets of Washington, D.C.? Blood is crying out. Blood is crying out for justice. Blood is crying out for rightness. Blood is crying out for outrage and fairness. Blood is crying out for accusation and condemnation. Blood is crying out that you're guilty. Blood is crying out in shame. Blood is crying out in sin. That's Abel's blood. But I've come all the way from my little house to tell somebody there's another blood that's speaking this morning and it's not the blood of Abel. It's the blood of Jesus. And his blood is speaking pardon. His blood is speaking mercy. His blood is speaking grace. His blood is speaking acquittal. His blood is speaking release. His blood is speaking set free. His blood is speaking redeemed. His blood is speaking justification. His blood is speaking redeemed and forgiveness and second chances and favor there is still blood that's speaking this morning hallelujah hallelujah the blood of Jesus is not crying condemning 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 and guilty like the Abel's blood is crying this morning but there's another blood that's crying saying there is forgiveness and cancellation and reconciliation and second chances and favor and freedom you don't have to listen to the blood of Abel no longer because the blood of Jesus is louder than the blood of Abel hallelujah Thank you. I don't need y'all's approval, but it's, it's good once in a while that we don't act like that we're full of rigor mortis this morning. Can somebody say amen? I love you. If you can't take a joke, then amen. The blood still speaks. What is the clues? Clue number one. There is a God to worship. Cain and Abel brought to the Lord their offerings on the first day of the week because there is a day of worship. There is a way of worship. Number two, clue number two, not all worship is accepted for God accepted Abel's and rejected Cain. Number three, worship is in competition. Why do you need to get mad at your brother? Because he offered a better gift. It's not about your brother. Number four, hearing from God is not a substitute for obeying God. Number five, God surely takes notice on how you respond to things. Why are you angry, Cain? Number six, sin will destroy relationships. You will be a vagabond. The very ground won't yield its fruit any longer. You lose your purpose. And number seven, the blood still speaks. Not Abel's blood. It's oh, it's crying. I hear it every day in America. The blood of Abel still speaking. But the blood of Jesus is louder than the blood of Abel. Amen.